0: Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond
2: with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com.
4: Hi everyone, welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benham.
5: and I'm Ben Bull and Ben we're revisiting a topic today. Yes, we are and we're revisiting it in a timely manner, Scott. Yeah, that's right because there's uh there's a big Memorial Day
4: weekend coming up here and uh we've got a lot of racing going on, right? Yes, sir. And with a lot of races comes what? A lot of pace cars. That's right. So every race has a pace car now. Mm-hmm. Um it, well, every big race anyways like uh you know, circle tracks and road courses and what have you. Um, but you know, you'll find that um not a whole lot has changed in the world of pace cars since the last time we talked to them about them, but I think it's it's worthwhile revisiting the topic and maybe adding to some of the information that we've already had. Because um, there's a few things here specifically. There's there's something uh, that I'm going to bring up near the end here that that has to do with pace car mishaps and and things like that that uh, that I've. Kind of
5: newly found that have been out there for a while that I think fans are going to find interesting. Right, and as as you notice, uh, we have been doing this thing now in our shows where we say, "Here's a here's a little twist at the end." Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, Scott, I like it. I, I like having a little little well, yeah. hang on, wait for it, thing. something to wait for, right? Mm-hmm. So
4: let's let's jump right into it here. Um, pace car drivers, okay? We're going to talk about pace car drivers an awful lot as well. Yeah. Um, now, to me, and I know this seems kind of silly but uh, I bet you they're under a lot of pressure a lot of stress on the day of the race now I, I'll tell you why is because um, you know the, not only the race cars behind you counting on you to properly execute this uh, this maneuver that you're doing and it really is a maneuver yeah Um also, there's fans and, that are watching you, I mean, carefully. There, wa- there are hundreds of thousands of fans sometimes that are watching. Mm-hmm. And if it's a televised race and one of the big ones, let's say that it's the Daytona 500, it's the Indy 500, or even the Coca-Cola 600, something mm-hmm. like that, um, you know that there are probably millions of fans watching. Yes. Literally millions. And, uh, and I think that... You know, there's there's an, a good opportunity here for a pace car driver to make a slight mistake that gets amplified. You know that <laughs> uh, you know it's not as easy as, as it looks, really. I mean, it, they're going much much faster than it appears on television.
5: Right. Comparatively, they look slower, but we have to remember that's because they're coming out in the midst of a very very quickly paced race yeah you know? that's true
4: and even i mean even at the head of the race you're thinking like man this is slow mm-hmm. but remember there's always a parade lap which is you know just to kind of show off the field and get everybody lined up and sure you know, warm-up laps exactly one time past the stands then there's the uh the pace lap which is mm-hmm. a little bit faster pace car pulls off and then that's when the race begins well and on that pace lap oftentimes i mean it, just indy for instance yeah, they're going like 140 miles an hour, Ben, and it looks like they're just creeping along because the track is two and a half miles around. Um, normally, you know, you're accustomed to seeing the race cars approaching speeds of you know 230, 240 mm-hmm. in that particular race, mm-hmm. and uh, so you know they're going to up at 100 miles per hour after the pace car pulls off. That's that's a pretty dramatic increase right there. Um, I think that. There, it, it's just a lot faster than it looks. There's a lot of opportunity for mistakes to be made. Right. And, uh, and I think that, you know, most of the time they pull it off well. I think that, uh, you know, a driver, you know, they get this maybe what, like a week of training, something like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. It's the most.
5: We have to outline and underline and highlight and whatever else we can do to emphasize that point. Scott, these are not race car drivers. No. And they're not in a race car. They're in yeah. a street car. So there, mm. there's a,
4: a non-professional driver in a street car in front of professional drivers in race cars,
5: and you know that that's uh, that's a there's a little bit of room there for air. I mean, that already sounds like one of those anxiety feel, filled weird dreams. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that my Tennessee came out? Yeah, a little anxiety filled uh, weird dreams that somebody would tell their therapist about. Like, oh, I had this terrible dream where I was in a regular street car. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, so yeah. uh, pace cars, we should also say. Uh, Pace cars don't just lead warm-ups. In Formula One, you will also hear them call something similar the safety car. Yeah, safety car. Um, Now, I believe, Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, in Formula One, the pace car, or excuse me, safety car, doesn't actually lead a warm-up lap.
4: They uh, they may parade them around, but um, the the cars line up on a grid. So it's a standing start. Now, a lot of times when we see pace cars in other races, we see them where they... They're at speed, they pull off the track, mm-hmm. and then there's maybe a quarter of a lap uh, before the actual race begins with a flag. Now, I mean, when they line up on a grid, obviously there's no need for a pace car to pull up, stop, allow everybody to grid up and then pull off. Right. They don't do that. So that's the reason. But the safety car does come out under, under caution.
5: Yes, and I'm glad you said that because that's the that's one of the other large, important tasks of every pace car. So when a caution flag's uh, displayed during a race, uh, this pace car comes out, takes a position in front of the lead car, and the field groups behind it. So why do they do this? They do it because it establishes who's going to lead when the race is all
4: exactly. It's, a, it's an important role that uh, the pace car plays mid-race. Uh, maybe, um, man, even more so than the beginning of the race, I Absolutely. think. Absolutely. Uh, because it maintains order. And I think, you know, I was listening to our last episode on pace cars, Ben, and you said something that I thought was so funny uh, in the last episode. You said they're, they're kind of like the hall monitors on race day. <laughs> so uh, if wow. you if you take this, uh, you know, to saying that the pace cars are the hall monitors of race day, um, I totally agree in that they maintain control. They keep everything in order. You know, they're in communication with race control. Mm-hmm. Uh, race control is telling them, no, you need to position these people. They're they're in charge of kind of jockeying people around and getting them in the right spot. For, getting them around debris, too. Yeah, that's exactly right, around debris and emergency workers, you know, that are on the track um, or, you know, wreckage or, you know, anything else that happens to be out there. I've, you know, sometimes, oddly enough, like maybe a dog will wander onto the track or, or a <laughs> rabbit or something like that, and they actually, you know, call a caution escort that you know that uh, that animal off the track or that person or you know mm-hmm. the drunk spectator or whatever it happens to be and uh, you know they safely get the the, the field around them so uh, you know they, they play a very important role and can I just one quick thing I guess yeah. we need to talk about who drives the pace cars but I want to mention this um, you know at the, at the beginning of the race you'll often find that there's a uh, you know an, a well-known figure and we'll talk about that in a moment. But that changes after the parade lap and the pace lap. Um, there's almost, almost always a professional driver driving uh, for caution periods in the pace car. So someone else takes control when that's when race control is communicating with them, saying, you know, no, you're not lined up right. You need to let this one come ahead, back this person up. You know, they mm-hmm. communicate back and forth. Um, the professional driver is sometimes like a retired uh, race driver from that series yeah. or um you know maybe uh, just a, a legend in motorsports of some kind mm-hmm. or an uh, like in NASCAR's case they use a NASCAR official oftentimes uh somebody who r- really really familiar with the rules and and regulations um so and of course you know formula 1 they have the same guy driving the safety car all the time so right. um he obviously knows what's going on um but, yeah, the the, uh, the person who drives the car for the, the parade and the pace lap is not the same person who takes care of the, the rest of the race duties.
5: Yeah, a good comparison for people who want a benchmark for this would be the person who throws the opening pitch for a baseball game mm-hmm. because uh, they're they're part of a, a spectacle or a, a, a tradition. Uh, they're not throwing a pitch that will affect the game and I think there is a comparison there because for instance, um, <clears throat> if we could dive into my favorite pace car year uh for Indy five hundred, uh nineteen ninety nine when a Monte Carlo uh was driven by Jay Leno, uh that's that's the first lap. So that's not that's not him going under caution, steering people around debris, in communication with race control. That's kind of um as you said, the parade for the spectators. Yeah,
4: in, important job nonetheless, but it's, totally. but it's a ceremonial position, uh, much as the pitcher was, as you said. That's um, the word, ceremonial. It, it, it's ceremonial versus uh, very practical. Mm-hmm. And the practical um, is, of course, you know, the race duties during the race, but the, the ceremonial opportunities or the uh, ceremonial obligations, rather, mm-hmm. um, you know, that we talked about, the the again, parade, pace lap and all that, um, it's also for long lines of ceremonial it's also along the lines of um, manufacturers showcasing their their product Ooh, it's also nice. along the line of um, you know celebrities promoting movies and things like that <laughs> and uh, and you know the parades outside of the the uh, the venue mm-hmm. you know so let's say that there's a parade through the main town um, you know oftentimes there are um, also you know there's maybe like local dealership promotions things like that so um, or to carry the uh, you know if it's convertible um, you know, if someone has been nominated as, uh, you know, the the race queen or the race king and queen of, you know, the, this event, uh, they'll parade them, uh, you know, wherever they happen to go, and and local, um, you know, media opportunities, things sure, like that. So especially the, building up to a race. Yeah, the pace car makes a lot of appearances here and there, and you know, sometimes it's not the official pace car. Sometimes it's it's. it's um, these uh, these additional cars. The mm-hmm. uh, um, I'll think of the term in just a minute, but uh, support cars. That's it. right, support cars. Yeah. You got it. So, so so yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go but, but who who drives these things, Ben? I mean, who's the who's the typical pace car driver, really, because it seems like there's, a, there's a huge list,
5: really. Yeah, there's a huge list. They could include anything from, uh, celebrity figures like Jay Leno, mm-hmm. uh, to people who are associated with the automotive industry, like Henry Ford II. Uh, there could be, um, some retired racers. Uh, it's interesting, um, when we think about, at least in Indy 500, the very first pace car, uh, that's typically cited is the stoddard dayton from 1911 yeah that goes way way back that's a deep it? cut yeah that is that's deep now i've got
4: mm-hmm. uh i've got some indie uh pace car facts and figures i want to hit you with a little bit mm-hmm. later but uh just to add to the list of who drives sometimes yeah um some you know you mentioned motorsports legends heads of industry celebrities mm-hmm. but there are also sometimes athletes yeah. Uh Local celebrities. You might find, uh, you know, at smaller events, you might find, like, you know, the... Uh, good point. The, the ...Channel 2 anchor man, or, you know, something uh-huh. like that, uh, the, the weather guy or high whatever. High school quarterback. Yeah, Yeah, exactly, the high school quarterback. Uh, military figures as well. That's a good one, yep. Um, auto designers sometimes do it. If it's a uh, designer of a particular vehicle... Yeah. Uh, ...somebody who's manufactured something or, or you know, well-known for that design... Um, I'm gonna say politicians, but not all that often. Um, and this is another one, Ben. Sometimes people say this contest winners. However, I think they usually pair them with a race official, and that's usually a ride along. Um, mm-hmm. That you know, if you win a contest, you're not necessarily going to be able to actually drive the pace car, although. That may or may not have happened. I, I don't know. I'm not, I I can't say for sure. You'd have to investigate each case. Yeah, that's exactly what's. But, what I, was but I think say. that's often a, an opportunity to ride along in the pace car. That would be. A, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Anyways, are you I mean, kidding? I mean, driving's great, but riding along
5: is the next best thing, really. Sure, especially if you get to ride along for every pace car appearance in the race. Oh, that would be really cool. That would be super yeah. cool. But um, also, we we didn't mention something that we should establish. Which is that pace cars over the years have not been the same makes, not the same model, yeah, not the same manufacturer uh, at yep, all.. Yep. And uh, for, you know, for instance, uh, astute listeners, you guys probably noticed that I've been quoting some Indy 500 uh, specs here, and we went from a Stoddard Dayton in 1911 to a Monte Carlo in 1999, and between those two, just between those two dates, there's a wide range of, of variety. I mean, there are more different types of cars than there are different drivers, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. At least in five, Indy 500.
4: Yeah, the drivers double up there, or they've uh, maybe even more than one time. I've got, in fact, I've got some stats here in a minute that I want to yeah. get to, but um Indy 500, I mean... My gosh, Ben! There's so many different pace cars here now. Now, 2013, uh, the race in Indy, Indy at twenty during 2013 is going to be the 97th running, which mm-hmm. sounds kind of funny because it started in 1911. But you got to remember the war years where they didn't race. Great point. And uh, and this race goes back so far that we've actually got a break for World War One, which went from 1917 to 1918, mm-hmm. and then we've got a break for World War Two, which is 1942 all the way through 1945. So that's another. Um, Well, that's a total of six years where they didn't race.
2: Mother's Day is right around the corner. And in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: we're actually going to have the 100th running of the Indy 500, even though it's been around for, at that point, a hundred and what? Six.
5: Mm-hmm. Uh, provided everything goes well. Yeah,
4: provided everything goes <laughs> well. Let's let's hope that uh, that is the year that they do run. Um, and do you wanna, maybe should we talk about
5: this year's pace car? Yeah, let's do okay. it. Because, as you know, uh, the weekend's coming up, Scott.
4: Yeah, it's uh, it's upon us. So, you know, you'll be able to catch that one on television. I know for sure that they broadcast that one. Um you want to hit us with what it is? Ah, wait, no. You do. You do the car. I'll do the driver. All right, sounds good. So for this year's Indy 500, the 97th running, the pace car is going to be the 2014 Chevrolet Corvette Stingray. And in addition to that, I've got some stats in just a moment about how many times the Corvette has been selected. But Ben, you wanted to tell us about the uh, about the driver, right?
5: Yes, the driver is going to be uh, 49ers coach Jim Harbaugh. He's going to be driving uh, the. Pace car, which you said, of course, is the Corvette Stingray. Uh, interesting story about the Stingray. It's powered by a new type of V eight engine. Uh, it's going to be um, created in Tonawanda, New York, or excuse me, it already has been created. I hope, <laughs> yeah. because listeners, as you're hearing this, we're mere days away. Um, and it's going to. This is not available to the public right now. This engine, but it's going to be the standard engine for all the 2014 Stingrays. So this one is uh, kind of a unique at this point, uh, Corvette. Um, now you mentioned that
4: uh, you know he's quarter he is actually the, uh, the the coach of the 49ers, right? Yes, um, yeah. he was the former uh quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts also so he spent some time in Indianapolis and I think he's a from what I've read he's a big Indianapolis 500 fan so you know this is kind of like one of those uh, dream come true moments for him in addition to winning the Super Bowl you know that <laughs> right. type of thing he's had, he's had a great career of course but you know yeah. it's a celebrity driver uh this is somebody who
5: you know he does have roots in Indianapolis so um he this is a good pick I think well also he uh now some fans of the Colts may recognize him better as Captain Comeback, which was the, the name <laughs> that he had. Uh, yeah. He's also a part-time owner of uh, Panther Racing based in Indianapolis. So uh, some people uh, who... You may recognize J.R. Hildebrand and Townsend Bell, mm-hmm. uh, both drive for Panther. Yeah,
4: Panther Racing is a name that you'll hear often when you're, uh, when you're listening to Indianapolis coverage. Now, Ben, I mentioned that, uh, one, one cool thing about Indianapolis, and I, and I, I will mention, uh, I want to mention the Daytona 500 pace cars also in a moment. But yes. Just, just a little bit of yeah, side, yeah. side information. But, um, what, what's really cool oh. about the Indy 500, the, the Motor Speedway site is that you can find all these great stats about the pace cars about the races themselves mm-hmm. about the drivers they've really got everything broken down very very well very concisely and uh there's there's lists of you know like how how many times a driver has driven uh the pace car how many times uh, a certain car has been represented at the track how many right. times uh, a certain manufacturer has been represented at the track so i mean let's just kind of go through this i guess maybe quickly now we don't have to go into too much detail on this but okay um you mentioned the, the 1911 race
5: yes the um, 1911 race are we going to talk about the driver yeah the driver which is uh carl g fisher mm-hmm.
4: and um he actually paced the the uh, race now he was Speedway owner at the time, right? Am I, yeah. am I correct? You are correct. Um, sir. 1911 through 1915, he drove the pace car. Obviously, that's one of the perks of owning the, the track, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, so that's five appearances for him. Uh, Jim Rathman, uh, mm. 1969, uh, 72, 73, 74, 78. So he's got five appearances as well. The only oh, one. also
5: 82. He drove uh, Rathman
4: Drove in '82. The only one that tops that is uh is Sam Hanks, mm-hmm. and Sam Hanks made six appearances as a uh, as a pace car driver. Um, and I think you know what
5: that's 58 through 63.
4: Yeah, and there was a reason for that, right? I mean, he see, he was named uh, director of racing for the uh, USAC, um, so he assumed the pace car duties for that entire time. It wasn't that you know he was being nominated; he wasn't a celebrity of any kind. Right. He just was the he's a director of racing. And uh, used that opportunity to, uh, and I don't know if maybe it was just part of his role in yeah. order to do that. So, so um, anyway, Sam Hanks is the, uh, the, the driver with the most appearances at Indianapolis uh, so throughout far. the years. Yeah. yeah,
5: so far. And that goes all the way back from, you know, again, 58 through 63. I also want to mention, uh, I, I forgot to mention this, um, we should talk about some types of vehicles that have been most selected as pace cars. Uh, for instance, Chevrolet. Mm -hmm. Has been a Indy 500 pace car. Twenty-one times, my friends.
4: Really? Okay, That's twenty-one right. times. Yeah, you know what? And uh, this has got it broken down even further. Uh, the Corvette has been selected twelve times, including this year. Mm-hmm. So the Corvette—you'll notice that, that the Corvette comes up often in this, and there's a good reason for that. Is that you know it's Chevy's top-end vehicle. Mm-hmm. You've got a long-standing relationship with the uh, with the uh, the venue and the uh, the track and the track owners and all that. Um, Camaro has been selected seven times. Um there's boy, there's other ones here that you just wouldn't expect, like the Stoddard Dayton selected <laughs> yeah. three times, Packard three times, LaSalle three times, the uh-huh. Mustang. Mustang three times. Now, Ben, I'm a lot of people there's a lot of wonder out there why uh why the Mustang isn't selected more often as the pace car. And you know, I I don't really know what the process is. I don't know mm-hmm. why Chevy is getting
5: all the favor at this point, but uh um, it is surprising how how rarely the Mustang has been I mean, it's tied with a Stoddard-Dayton. Stoddard-Dayton got away with that three-time appearance because one was the first year, 1911, Mm and then 1913 and 1914. And it's still in a dead heat, technically, with the Mustang. Yeah, isn't
4: that crazy? And then, I mean, below that are cars like the Trans Am, Mm -hmm. uh, the Hurst Olds Cutlass, the Viper, which was there twice, Mm -hmm. uh, the Aurora. And then there's this huge list of cars that were only asked to do it once. Um, great, big, great, yeah. big list of that. Now that's the same with the drivers because there's, you know, there's people on the list of drivers like Chuck Yeager and Carol Shelby and Bobby Unzer and, um, mm-hmm. uh, Barney Old, Oldfeld. Um, just, you know, people, and those are people that have been asked twice to drive. Right. Now, um, you know, the list of drivers that have been asked once, and it's not that they've done anything wrong. It's just that it, you know, their time and their rotation. So, right um, Like, uh, Lance Armstrong. Yeah, He was exactly. one of my favorite people on the list. He's been asked once but right. you know what? until he makes that second he's not going to make this list that you know of, of multiple appearances and um you know i've got this i got one more thing here it's by manufacturer yeah and uh, you'd mentioned that i forget what the number that you said there for uh for, for chevy for chevy but 21 if you look at general motors now general motors is you know the the pontiac you know mm-hmm. uh, Oldsmobile. i'm trying to think of all the brands that they had at one time chevy of course yeah and, um Forty-eight times, Ben, including this year's this year's pace vehicle. Mm-hmm. Forty-eight times, General Motors has been selected as the manufacturer uh, for the official pace car. Um, Chrysler is falling behind with only thirteen. Mm-hmm. Then there's Ford with eleven, Studebaker, Ben, with six, <laughs> um, which includes the Packard vehicles, by the way. Okay, um, Stoddard, there's our Stoddard Dayton again at three, and then Stutz. Uh, with 2. So so a multiple appearance from Stutz am um, going you know way back. I'm talking like 1912 mm-hmm. and then uh, one in 1921. So that's way way back obviously. No one drives a Stutz anymore. There's also cars, you know, that were made one appearance like the Marmon and you know things like that that you know mm-hmm. uh, they they were popular at the time but you know they just made one appearance
5: and that was it. Yeah, and what's interesting there about the GM numbers, which I'm glad you brought up, is that of that what was that 68
4: uh, no, 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 I'm sorry, it was 48, I think. 48, hey, was, okay. Like, I am digging through my notes. 48 if I was about to by say, Chevrolet. 68 sounds way too I'm high. sorry, not, oh boy, you know what, I'm what? making a mistake.
5: What is it? 48 by General Motors. 48 by General Motors. Which makes exactly. perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, of those 48, 11 were Oldsmobiles.
4: Okay, so, you know, you know, within that, there are different rankings. Right, right, right okay, so, like so you had 11, 11 times Oldsmobile, um. Chevrolet twenty four times, Still including the most, including this year. Now that, yeah. that see that that's in part due to how many times that Corvette has appeared.
5: Yeah, I would say I would say almost primarily. Yeah, I think so. That. I think so. Now we're going to come back and talk about some more pace cars in races other than Indy.
2: Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true she pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers.
0: As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner.
1: Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it.
0: Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with.
1: So you write the books, Gene. I've lost business. I understand now.
4: Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. To me, Ben, I mean, uh, now looking at that picture, I'm showing you a picture of this uh, this 41 Fiat, That's my mm-hmm. favorite pace car. Um, it's a concept vehicle. It's one of five, and it's it's unique in its own way. I mean, all five of them, I think, were slightly different. Yes. Um, this thing, it makes appearances. It shows, like, you know, the, the Concourse shows and things like that. This is a, it's a gorgeous car, and I know there are others out there. I don't know how many are left of the five. Uh, but... To me, I I can't. It's it's difficult to picture this thing leading a pack of race cars at any great rate of speed because of its size. It's just an enormous vehicle. I know it's probably capable of it with that giant engine under the hood, but um, man, I mean, it just doesn't. It doesn't appear to be much more than like. It looks like a great parade car. Looks like a great promotional car, of course, uh, but I just don't see it as like you know what we see today is like usually a sports car, usually something that uh, Mm -hmm. has a has a very very fast engine that's almost capable of keeping up just about with the race cars on the track. Um, This is definitely not the
5: the case with this one. I have a sidebar, an unrelated fact, that I'd like to get into before we go to Daytona. Mm -hmm. Uh, Interesting piece of trivia here for Mm -hmm. people who are curious. Uh, Throughout Indy 500 history, the pace car for race day has always been a domestic brand. It's always been a U.S. brand. Mm -hmm. And I'm pulling this from your excellent blog post on pace cars. Uh Scott has several one in which he accurately predicted the upcoming pace car. Yeah, that was a while ago. I don't think it was that difficult really. I mean,
4: there was a new Corvette this year and look mm. how many times Corvette has been the pace pace car for India. I, I think it was just an easy easy selection on my part, but there was still at that time there was a lot of speculation as to as to what mm. it would be. Would it be another Camaro? Would it be this? Would it be uh, some other manufacturer
5: which would be kind of unheard of at this point, but I um, thought it was pretty impressive. Well, thank you. Uh, so with that, uh, don't let my compliment toward you make it awkward. Uh, let's go ahead and go to Daytona 500.
4: All right. So I've got some uh, some numbers here that um, and, and not, not a whole lot of detail really about mm-hmm. uh, the Daytona 500, other than you know it. The pace car list here starts in 1959, obviously through the present. Mm-hmm. Um, now the difference in this list is that they really haven't used any kind of celebrity driver at, in the NASCAR Daytona 500 except since uh 2006 so they're relatively recent to jump on on the uh celebrity driver bandwagon i guess yeah Um, and it started with uh with jay leno um Mm in 2006 he drove a uh, corvette c6 the new corvette c6 and um it goes all the way through what 2013 where mark Roos? Mm i don't know i don't know who that is even I'm not a, I'm not a celebrity watcher. I don't know who that is, but, um, anyways, they get celebrity drivers from 2006 all the way through this year, but prior to that, um, it was just a NASCAR official that handled, handled the, uh, you know, the pace car duties. Ooh. Now, one unusual thing that will, will stand out to you is that, uh, if you look, uh, at the, at the entire list from 59 all the way through about 1971, uh, there's a, a reasonable mix of cars. I mean, there's Pontiac, Buick, uh, some Dodge cars, a Plymouth Belvedere is thrown in there, some convertibles, a Firebird in 67, uh, the the Ford Torino GT convertible. Um, but then starting in 1972 and all the way through, get this, 2003, from 1972 to 2003, wow, Pontiac is the only brand represented for that. So 31 years of Pontiac pace cars at the Daytona 500. I thought that was kind of a... Uh, you know a long long string now, obviously that's a sponsorship deal that's happening yeah. there but um you know in all different models i mean the grand prix the trans am um it looks like the the uh the firebird um even the aztec made an appearance there uh mm. so you know it was just a obviously a, a pontiac uh pontiac sponsorship deal at daytona but um you know recently they've had uh the chevy corvette that i mentioned uh they've had a toyota camry um a uh well, let's see, Camaro, a Mustang. So you know they're kind of mixing it up again. But uh, that one long streak, that uh, it just really stands out to me.
5: Yeah, that's amazing. From the seventies to the two thousands. And I have to,
4: you know, there's I, boy. How about two more things again? You, we did that in another podcast. Yeah, we I did one I, more thing yeah, twice.
5: Yeah, you want to do that again? Uh, yes, but let me do just a little Formula One thing. Oh, as sure. Go in. Is that of, cool? Of course. Yes. And remember, we still got that twist at the end. Yes. Okay. So uh, we earlier established that Formula One has its own version of these pace cars, and they're called safety cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do things just a little bit differently, uh, but the primary purpose is still the same. So a safety car, just like a pace car, is important to uh, guaranteeing a seamless race, in theory, you know, a race free from disruption, allowing the racers to continue even after a huge accident. And we're talking about something that might have race marshals out on the track. So since this can't happen with cars running at full speed, even under caution, the safety car, like a pace car, deploys, the pack forms up behind it until the obstacle is is getting cleared away but one thing that I think is very important for us to remember, to underline, to establish, is that no matter how fast these road cars are, Scott, they, even if they're redlining, they're barely capable of, of keeping up with a Formula One. Oh, right? it's, it's difficult. Yeah. Keeping a pace. So that, that is one of the reasons why this is a very, this is a very demanding task for the pace car drivers. Um, You know, a Formula One car, if it's going too slow, then we're talking about problems with tire temperatures and we're talking about even potentially engine overheating. Sure. And so there's a a sort of a, a Venn diagram, if you will. Of where the pace car can maintain its speed.
4: Well, how fast can the pace car go, and how slow can the F1 cars go, right? Precisely. And uh, and I've seen some mishaps with the uh, with the F1 pace car mm-hmm. that uh, he's you know overcooked it through a couple of turns and uh, there's some scary moments. Uh, so you know the, the, and a lot of drifting and that kind of stuff going on too. So he's really maxing it out uh, in order just to keep up with those guys who are really holding it back. Mm-hmm. In order to, to maintain, you know, the position behind him, et cetera. Cause there's no pay, you know, no, no passing the pace car. Right. Um, under caution. So, um, you know, that's, that's one of the, the steadfast rules. And it's probably difficult when, you know, you've got all this horsepower that you're sitting on and the car is telling you, you gotta go a little bit faster. I need a little more air. Right. Exactly. And, uh, and he's maxing out, you know, going as fast as he can. And, and it's just that they're, like you said, the Venn diagram's not overlapping enough,
5: I don't think. No, no, it takes a very, a very particular set of skills. So uh that's why a guy named Bernd Mayländer is uh an experienced racer who's been piloting Formula 1 safety cars since uh the 2000s, mm-hmm. since 2000 actually. And so he knows the high limits mm-hmm. of the pace car or excuse me, I keep saying pace car, the safety car, the safety car. Yeah. Right. And uh although these um although this is tremendously punishing to the safety car uh, he's the guy behind the wheel who can get into that sliver of overlap mm-hmm. between the bottom of the Formula One ability and the top of the streetcar ability. Yeah, the guy's a pro. The guy is definitely a pro. And I just wanted to mention that before we move on to the one more thing, because I think that is, if not unique, um, it is uh, an extreme example mm-hmm. of a problem that surely exists with all pace cars. But this this is probably, for my money right now, that's probably the most difficult to drive uh-huh. is the F1 safety
4: car. My first one more thing has yes. something to do with this. It's very close. All right. Uh, so here's one more thing.
1: One more thing.
4: All right. Now here's a car that's, Keep, you know, capable of keeping up with the pace, uh, with the field, rather. Um, there's a, a two seater iZod sponsored car that IndyCar has been using for a couple of years now. Maybe three years now at this point. Uh, this, this weekend will be hopefully the fourth. I hope we see it again. Uh, it's been driven the first year in 2010 by Michael Andretti. And in 2011 and 12, it was driven by Mario Andretti. Um, and it's an IndyCar with two seats. They sit tandem. You know, so the driver sits in front. The passenger sits behind, slightly elevated. Uh-huh. Um, it's got to be the ride of your life having Mario Andretti in a, in a true indie car with a second seat behind it. It's like a, it's like a lengthened indie car, and uh, and I tell you, Ben, they really punish it. I mean, it's uh, it's out there for the pace lap. It's out there, um, you know, doing uh, other parade laps as well. You know, fast fast laps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first year the passenger was Mark Wahlberg. Then there was a Sergeant, uh, uh, Latsine Benson, I think was his name, and then Thomas Patton, uh, who was a... a um, no, the first one was an Iraqi war veteran uh, mm-hmm. from the U.S. Army, and the second was a contest winner. So, you know, maybe this year we'll see another contest winner. I don't know who's up for a ride in the I-Zide, um two-seater, but...
5: That's a, um, that's
4: amazing. That is a cool, cool thing. Now, I've got one last, uh, one more thing, and then I, I'm done.
5: Okay. Do you, you have anything else? I just want to say that it's... it's uh it's got to be very interesting to sit in an elevated seat. I would wonder how high the elevation is, because that could that would freak me out, frankly. To be, to be out in the wide open with no steering wheel? If and, it, uh, yeah, if it's too elevated, I, I would not be cool. I understand, but just
4: the feeling's got to be incredible. Yeah. Okay, so here's my last one more thing.
1: One more thing.
4: All right. Now this one is going to require a little bit of uh, um, you know digging up on your part because you have to see this because these are some incredible scenes here. But safety cars and and pace cars oftentimes do fail in their uh, in, in the drivers rather in their uh, in their obligations and it doesn't happen too often. You know, given that you know hundreds of these happen all the time, probably every weekend. Right. Um, but it, when it does, it's usually pretty dramatic. Now I'm going to quick. List through a couple of my favorites here, but this, if you search this, this video, and I'll tell you this, this, the name of this specifically, it's a YouTube video, Safety Car Fails, that's it, Safety Car Fails, easy as that, it's about nine minutes long, it has a good, um collaboration, compilation. a compilation rather, of, uh, of, Of several of these, and I mean, they go from like the Indy 500 1971, where, you know, the pace car went out of control and hit the the photographer's stand. Yes. Um, there's also like a Le Mans series race where, um, you know, the the green series, uh, the green lights say go, but the pace car didn't pull off the track, and everybody bunched up behind the pace car because they were at speed at that point. Um, there's this Dutch supercar challenge in 2008 where there's a huge pileup that happens because of the pace car um there's an arca series race here um there's a world touring car championship race formula three race uh there's even a world of outlaws race where uh the outlaw car comes around and smashes into the push truck that starts the vehicles um and you know one of the funniest ones been and this this is it for the the fail things and there's a tiny little mention of this on the end of this this video but you can see the full clip later if you want you can search for it um in 1986 at talladega a drunken fan got into the pace car before the race and drove several laps around the track. Oh uh, my god! While race officials chased him on motorcycles, state troopers were after him in police cars. Fans were going crazy, going nuts. They eventually set up a roadblock for him in uh, in the fourth turn, and he stopped. And I'll tell you, Ben, if you've got this idea of you know like that sounds like pretty fun, you know, like I might be able to get away with this. There's close-up video of this, well, or film of this, probably. Uh, they pulled this guy out of the car by his hair, Ben. They weren't nice oh, to him. I'll gosh. tell you that. Yeah. But the fans were going crazy, and everybody, you know, the the they're saying, well, the uh, you know, the announcers are saying stuff like, well, you know, they're applauding the uh, the officials for quickly ending this. I think they were applauding the guy. I think they're applauding <laughs> the uh, the guy that did it. So it was a it's an interesting thing. I've never seen a a, a pace car Ooh. stolen on the track before yeah. and driven. It was just a joyride, but <laughs> man, they didn't treat him. Uh, they treat him harshly. I'll tell you
5: that and I with am good not reason. Yeah, yeah, I'm not either. I'm not and, either. And if it's a dangerous situation. If you think about it, which it's still kind of cracking me up to think about it. <laughs> um, if you think about it, it seems that often when there's someone who does a spectacle like that, whether they're a flasher or I guess a car thief, <laughs> the audience is surprisingly on the side of that. Person. yeah that was um, that was a 1986 in talladega so if you need to search
4: it you, know, yeah. if you want to it's a nascar race and it's 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 funny to the point where they're pulling him out
5: of the car and then it's like oh man that guy he really screwed up that day and it's funny because of that you guys it's funny because it is a cautionary tale scott and i are not implying that you should try to steal a pace car in fact let's go ahead and imply the opposite uh all right, so this wraps it up for our revisit of pace cars. We hope that everyone enjoyed it. We hope that you get a chance to uh, check out uh, some of the races this Memorial Day weekend. And when you're doing that, uh, you know, pay some attention, give a give a polite clap to uh, the hardworking professionals and the celebrities uh, driving the pace car and ensuring that. The racers get through it in the safest and fastest manner possible. Uh, also, Scott and I are on the Internet. If you have any ideas for some upcoming topics or suggestions, or, hey, hey Scott, what about this? Or if you have driven a pace car. That's a good one. Please write in and let us know. You can find us on Facebook. We're CarStuffHSW. I'm going to add one thing.
4: Add one thing. What if somebody owns one of these uh, like commemorative vehicles, like a pace car that they drive on the street every day? Oh my god! Yeah, you know, with the full with the full decal kit, the, mm-hmm. the custom paint, the stitching inside, whatever it happens to be, you know, better motor whatever it is.
5: Tell us about that too. And you can send pictures of that uh, to our Facebook, which we've mentioned, or to our Twitter, or heck, uh, we love getting email. Uh, go ahead and send us an email at carstuff at
2: for more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com.
0: As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner.
1: Gene, Gene Fodor, Gene, was good?
0: But be careful.